What's up, everybody? Got Thomas Philippone. I think I'm pronouncing that right. On today, this was from early January. Um, give you guys a quick couple updates here. So, we recently went to a few conferences. Um, so, Mike and I are going to be doing kind of a uh, state of the industry pod episode coming up here in the next week or two because we've um, we've gotten a lot of intel on happenings going on in this industry. And so, for those of you that are tapped in. Um, lots going on in terms of companies merging, companies getting bought out, um, things changing at, at a lot of different companies in our little industry. So a lot of exciting stuff happening. One other note, uh, the client portal add-on requests. This is in your settings in Spectora. I have heard glowing reviews um, at the last couple conferences and then gotten a few emails and just hearing feedback from you guys on how amazing it is just to have that in the client portal basically so inspection details page um, the clients can basically see your add-on services and add them on there so on top of if you're on advanced actions that go out based on if they don't add a certain service they now can see this in the client portal and so um, go in there and set that up if you haven't already um, you know even if you only have one other add-on service I've heard of some pretty astronomical upsell rates um, just from adding this um, for a month or two. So pretty pumped about that. So you guys can make more money um, without even doing anything when they get to the client portal and request those additional services. Um, all right. Hope you enjoy the episode with Thomas. Well, thanks for taking time. I looked back at emails and we emailed in 2020, August 2020 yeah. about doing the pod. We did. That was my first year. We were, we, you reached out to me and I, I don't, I think we'll get into it. That was a, a crazy time. And I was like, oh yeah, we'll do it at a, a little bit later date or whatever. And then it never came back around. And then I was having a conversation with one of your team members and they were like, oh, you, you'd be great for doing this. Um, let me put you in touch. I was like, yes, I wanted to actually do it then. And I pushed it off. So I'm glad that we got to finally do this. Yeah. And there's so much to cover because I look back at the timing of that. That's like four months into COVID. And like yes. everything that happened that year, 2021, and now we're in 2023. Um, yeah, so this is the first wow, episode of 2023. That. So uh, we got a ton to jump into, but we can just start real quick with, um, first of all, amazing background and branding. That's sick. Thank you. I appreciate that. You that's like so, that? that's very just a simple like, canvas, but it looks sturdy in the font and kind of the colors. <laughs> yeah. It's badass. So props, shout out for that. I got to give credit to my sister's now husband. She designed, <laughs> he designed the logo for me going back a few years ago. Did a good job. I just gave him the, I gave him the keys. I said, Hey, you can just go do something. Cause I can't do this. I was making like a block letter <laughs> TF, like it was terrible. And he's like, let me, that needs a little care. Let me just take care. He's like, all right, I got it. Go ahead. But it's elegant, job. it's simple, and then you got the polo. Like, I'm such a big believer in the simple branding of how it makes you guys stand out against kind of the the home inspector that just rolls up in some jeans falling off his ass. And you know, like <laughs> yeah, you gotta look, you have to look, you have to be you have to present yourself professionally. You're you're the professional in the situation, you have to present yourself that way. Yeah. So sometimes I like going in opposite order. We can talk about right now, how you're feeling, what's going on. And then we can go into the backstory. Let's go, let's go opposite today instead of going okay. back to 2020. But, um, how was the holidays, the new year and kind of how, how are you feeling coming into 2023? Unorthodox for me, actually. So like the last week or so I had a, I hurt my back. I was mm. kind of laid up for the week of the holidays Kids were a little under the weather, but things are slow right now. Things have changed drastically, drastically. That we I saw the change happen starting in August. I saw the change yeah. starting in August here, um, and then obviously the holidays are always a slower time, but they weren't really a slow time the past two years. Right, the past two winters were not slow times. You kept pace and you kept on going. Now you see that downtick, which is okay. You get family time. You get that time to kind of reset and go over things that you're maybe not cleaned up enough on in your in your template or whatever the case may be. Um, so now I, as January rolls around, I, I look to as the realtors start getting rolling because they're also like enjoying the holidays, too. Yeah. And so we're like two, three weeks behind them as they start showing and doing and putting out offers. Then the inspections start rolling around. So I see by like mid-January to February, hopefully, you know, that starts to change. Uh, a little bit more, obviously, but enjoy the time while you have it. Cause sometimes as we've seen in the past few years, you don't have it. 
That's a great mentality. And I heard that at the last conference we went to, I think it was either, it might've been in November, the good busy home inspectors were like, Kevin, I'm kind of thankful for a few weeks for, you know, for some slow periods here. I can catch my breath, spend some time with family. Um, yeah. Are you keeping in touch with agents um, fairly often to just kind of get the just pulse social check media? On maybe yeah. like if I see them out work and encourage them, Hey, you're doing great. That's awesome. Like I can't wait to see you on the inspection for that one or whatever the case may be little things like that. Then obviously friends that you see around, more regularly you just have regular conversation with but more through the social media than anything and just wishing happy holidays or happy new year you know whatever that may be it just kind of keeps that rapport with them and the, they're people just like we are and that kind of, this field actually lacks empathy so you have there we can get into that too like, yeah yeah i definitely want to circle back to that in a minute um so you're in new jersey so that mm-hmm. what, how do you feel the local sentiment and and market is there, do you pay attention to kind of national headlines and statistics or do you just drill in kind of in your area of like? Hey. Yeah, just, I've just focused on our area really. Um, the sentiment is that people think it'll, it'll pick up in February, really? usually yeah. like around that time. Um, rates, I don't know what, what, I don't know. I don't want to pretend to know what's going to happen with the rates, right. but I just, I, I put it in the perspective of buyers. Everything comes down to payments, mm-hmm. their monthly payment. That's what matters to them. And so buyers that were shopping pre this raising rates were looking at maybe, an, okay, let's just say buyer A was approved for $800,000. They were going to match that payment. And now their mortgage lender is telling them, okay, your mortgage payment number only gets you a $500,000 house. Right. Well, there's like, why am I going to do this right now? So I get that. I, I, I see that. But once that starts to become more of a reality to people, like this is where we're at, those numbers weren't realistic at that time. You'll get people still have to move. People still have to buy houses, um, so it'll come back around. So you think there's a a settling in period of of this new normal, right? Because it yeah. it felt like fantasy land sometimes when we when we retro back and look at 2020, 2021, and the numbers and the growth and the home price appreciation. It felt like monopoly money at that time, right? Like it was crazy. And that's all I knew. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all I knew, really. You got you came I, in spoiled, yeah. I came in in November 2019, the end of November 2019, when things were slow because it's a normal, it was a normal time, right? And then March hit. It was slow, slow, slow. March hit. It went dead for a couple of weeks. Boom. And then we, we could talk about what happened, obviously, after that. You know. Yeah. So that's all I knew, though, was 2020 market, 2021, 2022, until now. This time, you see it more, more normalized. What were you doing during the great financial crisis um, in 07, 08, 09, 10, that period? I graduated high school in 2007, so I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> then uh, college, I went to college to be a, a health and phys ed teacher. Graduated 2012, uh, started working pretty soon after 2013. And I was a phys ed teacher right up until... 2019 and still mm-hmm. was a phys ed teacher um so that time when that all happened it was like kind of in one ear out the other yeah. didn't really pay much attention to that at the time you hear stories about it now from people that were in the business and they've been through that already right but i wasn't in that position at that time you know and it's almost it's hard sometimes i think it's not even instructive to compare it because i think it makes people clench up and think it's going to be that when um in reality it's not i think this this is a coordinated planned recession and i think i i I keep repeating on the pod not to be not to be biased or just tell people to be optimistic just the fact that like this was telegraphed a year ago by the fed at least um to raise rates and so it is a orderly pullback which i i appreciate a little more yeah the rates are still like low probably historic compared to historically I looked this up. I looked this up yesterday. 30 year average is 7.8% on the 30 year yeah. mortgage. So 30 year average, the highest it's been is about 18%. So a lot of people listening yeah. um, can remember those times, but if you haven't, yeah, it seems scary when you go from zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you're getting free money there for a while. Free money. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I want to ask one thing and then we can go back to kind of what got you into the business yep. from what you felt in August how did you kind of navigate that with the team? Cause you have an amazing growth story. Like you're, you know, you're one of the, the guys that got in the industry and did things really well, shot out of the gate. Um, 
how did you manage that in terms of like workflow, how you approach the business, cash flow, all these kind of considerations that I think everyone went through when they're like, okay, I feel some slowdown here. What do I do? Yeah, we saw, so it was like every month this year, 2022, was an increase from the previous year's month of jobs of volume right up until August. And then August hit and there was a decrease compared to the year prior, uh, year prior. And that subsequently followed every month there and after. Right. Um, how did I handle, I, I mean, I stayed the course. I really, I, I was still working. We were still busy enough. I, I, I obviously you feel that pressure in yourself to keep your team busy because right. they're dependent on you and they're friends of mine. We can talk about that. Um, they're friends of mine. So I care about them having work and, and you know, continually getting out there and, and doing jobs as well. I kind of took almost like a back seat and started enjoying family time more and let them handle more of the volume, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm still a part of this, but I can take a back seat. It's summertime. And let me, I killed myself in previous August when it was like busiest. Um, so for me, I stayed the course. I didn't do anything really differently. Um, but now moving forward, as I see the change, I'm going to start to get a little bit more into the marketing side, even with for you guys mm-hmm. and what you're starting to do. Um, Cause I see that I don't have a, I didn't have a good enough. I have a good presence online, but it wasn't clean enough. It wasn't clean streamlined across. Like I had a great Google presence or I do have a good Google presence, but streamlined across all the different browsers. And that's something I was talking about with Elias. It wasn't clean. And, right. and so that's right now the focus for me as it's in this slow time is getting all that cleaned up. So I'm ready to hit the ground running when things start opening up. And then I, since I'm taking a little bit more of a backseat, I plan to probably do a little bit more like visiting some offices of realtors, doing a little bit more of that outreach um, since I have the ability to do that. So that's where I'm going to be. Props to you. Like I, that's not, I don't know if that's the typical reaction, whereas a lot of inspectors will um, let people go first just to keep themselves busy. You must've set Mm -hmm. your business and life up pretty pretty well to be able to step back and say, you know what, keeping my guys engaged and working, is more important than me doing the inspection. Trust me. Yeah. Cause you know, they're, they're, that's their, this is their livelihood too. Um, I have young kids, so it's easy for me to say, you know what, I'm going to spend time with my kids and my, you know, enjoy yeah. that, that as well and do the pickups, drop-offs and all. Um, but we cool. all, we all want to work. We all, and I, and I know they do. Um, but I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's important. It really is. Let's talk about the hiring friends thing. Cause you mentioned that, and it's a common theme in our business. You know, a lot of inspectors have friends, buddies that are either fire firemen or or construction. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you view that? And what are the pros and cons of of hiring friends? Uh, Yeah, there are pros and cons, I suppose. Um, It was easy for me, Sergio, my, my first inspector that came on as one of my best friends. Mm -hmm. Right. And he was a phys ed teacher. Like I was during the COVID time, he had already started to to transition to at least working with me supplementary. He was still going to teach. And then COVID with COVID, he actually was tenured and got let go. So just people that think that tenure because of the COVID cuts and the budget cuts, he was still let go. Even though he was tenured, even though he was tenured, he was let go because of that. Uh, I don't want to air, sorry, sorry, Serge, um, <laughs> but it, it was a blessing in disguise for him because he flourished. We, we, it was a busy time and he flourished Yeah, and he was like, this is great. You know, I make my own schedule too. Like I can kind of go to different places. Um, and, and then what comes along with that is you have to sometimes have some difficult conversations, but they're never difficult in my opinion, because I'm just straight up and honest. Um, so Sometimes you need things to get done maybe, or you have to have a conversation. Okay, maybe you should have done this, but there's right ways to go about it and wrong ways. And we have a strong enough friendship where I could have those conversations and I've kind of taken on some mindset things where it always works out so far. It's always worked out. And, and for Jeff as well, Jeff was a state trooper here in New Jersey. He actually got medically retired. So he was looking mm-hmm. for something else to do. It was the perfect transition for him as well. Um, and I'm going to continue to grow that. I uh, have a couple more people, two more friends. One's a fireman. So that's great because he, he, he's not going to be dependent right. on what I supply to him. It's supplementary for him. And then I have another close friend who is pretty much almost licensed, but I put the pause on him. I, I'm not unrealistic. 
he has a job. He's working. And with how slow it is right now, I'm not going to put him in a position to come in right. and be right. just sitting there like, wow, I left my job. And now what do I do? So it's going to be a, t- a different. I told him and I explained it to him. I said, like, if I let you just say, oh, no, that, like, let's do this. I'm, I'm licensed. I'd be doing him a disservice because he would not have the work. I have to establish him. He has to get his face out there, his name out there. Nobody knows who he is. Realtors have big trust, uh, you know, as you hear from talking to everybody. They want to work with people that they know yeah. from seeing them on other jobs. So I'm, I'm being patient with until it gets busy to start that training process with him. It sounds like you have a good foundation with your guys, which is awesome. I, I want to ask you a follow-up on that because you said something really important of getting them that exposure and FaceTime. And mm-hmm. for context, I think a lot of inspectors make the business, they, they are the business and they are the face mm-hmm. of it. And then they have a hard time passing Stepping the baton. Around. Yeah. Once yeah. they're doing a hundred, 200 a year. And then the agents are like, well, who's this guy? You seem to have a pretty clear strategy from the start of establishing your guys as TFHI. It's not Tom. Yeah. Who's, who are these guys? So h- tell me how you approach that. Um, just trying to, I guess. Was I that intentional like, or did you hear about it? That's kind of what I'm more curious about. Like it seemed like it came natural. Yeah, it came natural. It did. I mean, the way I train is I think about the way I learned how to teach. So mm-hmm. when my philosophy was when I learned how to teach, college didn't prepare me for teaching. So inspector school didn't prepare me necessarily. to inspect. <laughs> right. You learn on the job. You learn on the job. Once you get in that position, you start learning by doing and being in that actual field. And so when I thought back to myself teaching, I learned how to teach from the per- first person I was paired up with teaching double with. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of re- re- looked back at that and I was like, I kind of like almost emulated and like did exactly what he did initially. And then my personality started to shine through that after I got comfortable. And so the right. way I trained them was almost like to be me, not to be, but to, to do what I do to carry themselves the way I carry myself. And then as they got comfortable, then they start to wrinkle in their personality and their way of doing things. But you have to have comfort first. Like you can't just be there like a fish out of water. You need to be, feel comfortable in that situation. Um, and I guess that once people see that they have the same delivery as I do, the same kind of way of doing things, they're, then they feel more comfortable, right? So, and they know I trust them. Um, so hopefully that bears weight as well. Do you do anything specific on site? So say it's like inspection number one where Sergio or, or any of your guys are riding along with you to kind of position them to agents of saying like, look, I'm not the business. We have a business that has lots of good inspectors that are going to serve you either way. Because I think the problem happens when they're so used to Tom or the primary business owner. And then Mm -hmm. on inspection 20 for an agent, they suddenly get swapped out. And that that keeps guys in the field longer than they should be, as opposed to being able to spend time with your kids. So did you purposely kind of have them maybe do intros or talk to agents or um, for exposure? No, more like meeting, coming on so many jobs with me in their training portion and establishing reviews for them too, that their Uh, names are out there too for clients. Oh, that's right. Yeah. All that, that whole process. And I mean, their, their training is, is coming along with me and just kind of shadowing me at first and getting involved in the inspection all the way to doing the inspections themselves with me being there as oversight and sometimes stepping in on some of the more dicey communication things um the biggest thing about our field is i think is personality management Mm. you're in the field and you have all these different personalities at a house at the same time and you (laughs) are and you are in charge of that situation it's classroom management right? You have these, all these different student personalities there. You have a buyer's agent. Sometimes you have a seller's agent. You have the buyers. Sometimes you have sellers there. You are in charge of managing that whole thing. That's your show. And you have, you have to stay within yourself, but also manage all those different aspects of what you're dealing with. Sometimes you have a seller's agent who's on top of everything as you're going through the house. And that can be very overbearing to everybody but you have to manage that properly or um, you have the buyer's dad there, the buyer's uncle there <laughs> yeah. and you have to be, I understand, I understand it, but you have to manage it too, where it doesn't get necessarily out of your control 
for your, but you're also gearing towards what they're looking for. And so um, in that process of the training, I kind of can bring it back, just getting them that exposure around an agent so that they see how everything is kind of flowing. And then branching myself off of those agents that they've already met, brings them across other people from their team. They talk to, amongst themselves. And it's it's transit. It's worked well so far. It's worked easily. I haven't had too much of a problem. There's certain agents that only want to work with me, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, but there's okay. probably and I definitely have agents that exclusively work with them that have come on after me, and they only work with those guys, and that's fine. It means you're doing something right. I think when they when they only want to work with someone else, that's freedom to me to to a business owner. Yeah. Um, well, let's go back to the backstory because I want to know how you how you went from the phys ed world into mm-hmm. like how you even heard about the profession. I'm always fascinated by that because it is mm-hmm. a very under the radar, uh, not well documented profession still, mm-hmm. you know, however many years later. How'd you hear about it? Why'd you get into it? And then uh, we can go from there. Yeah. So you rewind to 2019. I'm still a phys ed teacher. Um, that previous... In the years leading up to that, I got obsessed with podcasts. We were just talking about that before. I got obsessed. I was constantly listening to all different podcasts, and they started motivating me in a different way than I was previously. I always saw myself being a phys ed teacher. That was kind of what I liked doing. I, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. But then I got hungry into like kind of starting to want to do something, and I listened to an episode. It was like, start a business and, and do this and that. And it's like, find something you're passionate about. And so I'm initially, I'm actually really passionate about mental health, right? Mm-hmm. So started like kind of fostering some ideas. Here I am making like a social media page about like men's mental health. And okay, yeah. this is the, the wheels are turning. And, and I have friends, close friends that are realtors. And a couple of them mentioned me, oh, you should start a home inspection business during that time. And I kind of just like, I looked real quick on my phone. Oh, it requires like 180 hours of class. 40 hours in the field. I don't know, that's too much. I'm not Yikes, doing it. Yeah, it's too much work. <laughs> yeah. And then fast forward, keep on getting motivated to do something. I'm like, wait a second. It's been there the whole time. It's been there. And so that summer previous to 2019, November, when I got licensed, started going through the school because you have to do here. There's a whole licensing process. It's pretty serious here in New Jersey. Uh, but the 10 week schooling I went through, I did all the field work and beyond because I got, I met some really nice inspectors that were like, you can come as much as you want. That's Cause cool. I didn't have me. I didn't have, my guys had me to just kind of, they were going to be part of my company. I didn't have that. Right. So I had uh, a really some nice guys that were, Hey, you can come as many as you want. And it's summer for me. So what did I do? I just kept going to inspections and going to inspections. Uh, November comes, I'm licensed, start off like, getting some jobs. I think I did like 10 or 12 my first month. Uh, and some of them were tank wow. sweeps, but some of them were like tank sweeps. And then some of them were a couple of them were inspections. How'd you get the I first like, one? How'd you get the first job? Do you remember? Well, it's actually funny. One of my best friends is a realtor. So obviously I always had him there, but I, that first week I got licensed was the only time I ever went to a realtor's office and spoke to a team of realtors. And that team is one is probably like the second best team that still to this day, they get a lot of their business uh, out of one of like the more uh, in like a commercial, like Hoboken is a big area, Jersey City area. That, that's a huge area for people moving from the city and people that work in the city. And I had a friend on that team who invited me to come in and talk. And it's the only time I've ever done that. He invited was, you to come in. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, because he knew that I was doing this. And yeah. so I like left school like right away and like shot over there. I was only licensed for like three days. Like <laughs> literally had just got my license. Were you nervous? Um, <laughs> What'd you talk about? I was a little nervous, I suppose. But like my my field, like what I was doing at the time kind of prepared me to speak to people. True. So I, I was okay with that. But I just went in and just spoke off the cuff, just introducing myself. You know, I'm new to the area, not necessarily like I'm three days into the having my license. Yeah. Um, but to this day, that team is like one of my top teams still. Uh, so that worked. I should do that more. Um, but that started to turn into some jobs, obviously. So we get through the winter. It's slow time. Ten jobs here or there. I did like ten probably in January. Then March hits. March 13th it was. It was a Friday. I'm in school. Everything is building up that whole week to like, they're going to send us home. And that was the last day I was in the school building. Um, they tell us we're going home for two weeks. 
nobody knows what to do. Well, I'm confused. The whole world is confused. You know, I got hit up for a couple. I still did a couple inspections after that. And then things were still, we were unsure of everything. Everybody was. World stopped. Yeah. And so I put the pause on things for a few weeks until I even had an understanding of what was going on. Like I remember a friend contacting me for an inspection at that time. And I, I turned them down because I said, I just don't know what's going on right now. Like it was just, we were in a weird time. Yeah. Um, but by April, I think by April, I got back up and running. And, and then it was like, never look back because I went from doing like 10 a month or so to that August, 2020, I did 70 inspections myself. And I was like, but that first year I didn't use the app. I didn't use the app at all. I did all my reporting at home. Uh -huh. So you're talking about 70 home Ooh. inspection reports where they take anywhere from an hour to three and a half hours a piece. So I went through the grind for the first year, for sure. It was just me. And I, that was, that was brutal. That was rough to say the least. Cause you get home and you did, I would do three or four inspections per day, basically at that time. And then I had to go home and upload all the photos each like 200 photo job to the you know this cloud and then up the transition to a laptop and start dragging into the template and dragging and finding the comments from each job and by the time i get to sunday even though i was doing them every night till 2 3 a.m i'd have like eight to do to get caught up on sunday if i took sunday off so that was like it grew fast it grew really fast so you were working seven days a week basically yeah. Uh, how many that hours time, that time? How many hours in that period were you working on? Uncalculable. Like I was, I was, <laughs> it was, that was crazy time because I wasn't doing the app. I wasn't doing yeah. that. And that's what something I train. I actually trained my guys to not use the app initially too. I think yeah. it's very valuable to learn the template and do the reports at home from scratch. You learn. So, and I, like we talk about personality management and all those things when you're on site and things start firing off and you're trying to go through everything and you have people Oh, you see over here, do you see over there, this, that things can get ahead of you very quickly. And so I trained them to only do the inspection reports at home, one a day or whatever it was. And then I go over it. Um, but yeah, no, no app. I wasn't using the app that first year. Uh, I was, that was brutal. That was brutal, but it grew so quickly and it never, and I never turned back. Sergio was working with me by probably like March of 2021. So I made it through like that time by myself and then brought him on and it lessened the load a lot. Did the friendship with him spur the idea to hire or did you hit a certain point or num a number of inspections where you're like, I got to hire? Or was it mental burnout? Like, No, what? I wanted to expand. I wanted to expand. And I was, I, when I, when September came, I never didn't, I didn't go back to school. Cause virtual teaching was a joke anyway, that spring. So I was able, it was, it was a joke. So I was able to work. Um, and then I took a leave of absence for the next year and Sergio was still working, but he, me and him both worked for the same driving school. Cause phys ed, you're able to like, I was coaching. He was coaching a bunch of sports. We were working for a driving school, teaching kids 16 how to drive. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you, you, we made okay money on the side with that. And I was like, Hey, if you want to do a better side job, bro, I got it for you. Like I, I have it for you. And I started to show him and he took, he, he trusted me. I give him a lot of credit for that. Cause he trusted me. And then what happened with his job ended up leading into him just being exclusively with me. Um, but he was like the first person I reached out to about that saying, Hey, look, you could do this with me and this is what I'm doing. And this is what you can make here. I'm going to pay you X amount um, leave all that coaching and everything else behind, come do this with me after school, do a job a day and you'll, you'll kill it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had already, I wanted to always grow it yeah. to multiple inspectors. That was a goal. Is it the end goal? What, what, uh, what is the, uh, the vision? I think if we, let's see through the next year or two and talk about like kind of where you do see it going. Well, I want to have those two other guys on board. Right. I want to, I want to have four other guys busy right firing now. on all cylinders. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And of course I want to grow it beyond that. I do, but I don't want to go so fast that number one, those guys don't have sustained work. There's plenty of work to go around, but there's a lot of inspection businesses too. Now, like a lot, a lot came through and that's great. Um, but yes, do I want to have a multi-inspector beyond the four? Probably that'd be great. And to even encompass like more, I see some other companies that encompass 
other uh, extended services and they have like specialists in those areas, which I don't have yet. I'll just refer out the sewer scope to a licensed plumber. Yeah. I see other inspection companies that have chimney inspectors right on staff. Um, that's a, that'll definitely come. I, I want to get into that, but not just yet. I'm not ready to do too much of that. I want to more focus on, on what I have right in front of me right yeah. now. Is that how you're viewing this year? Like, hey, cautious market share growth as opposed to, I mean, the the last two years, there's been, it's been a breakneck pace. There's been, you know, I've talked to multis that overhired because we yeah. didn't know what we didn't, we didn't, we didn't know we didn't know six months ago, you know, like I don't blame them for saying, hey, if these, if this keeps up, I got to hire six more guys or four more guys. And it, it's kind of like yeah. big tech companies, everyone's pulling back a little now. So is that, it's like cautious growth, the kind of your mentality yes. coming into this year? Yeah, one of the one of the guys I trained with, uh, one of the inspectors I trained with, had two employees during the two thousand eight crash. He ended up. He was always like, "Oh, you know, after that, I, I, I they had to go. They he let them go." And he was always so. I was I'm realistic about. It. There's ups and downs in this for in this field. This field is not steady, right? I don't have that steady salary that I had when I was a teacher. That's part of the the greatness and also part of the downfall. Is you have both sides of that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to be cautious. I, I, I even, one of my, he's one of my best friends. That's another one from back in the, the day who is the one that's close to being licensed. Mm -hmm. And I had to have that conversation. I'm like, Hey, look, we got to wait. We got to wait till the time is right. I know you want, you're rearing to go and you want to get this started and do as well as some of these other guys are doing, but uh, let's just proceed with caution and just see what happens as we come into the spring and where things are at. Yeah. Yeah. Are you shifting a little? Cause you mentioned the only time you did a office visit and talk was the first time, the first one. Are yeah. you going to get back into more of that? Cause clearly it was successful. Clearly it was one of the yeah, best things I've ever to. done. I need to, I need to, I sponsor some like realtor events like mm -hmm. when they have client appreciation. I've done that. Um, but I do need to start going to more offices and just having conversations, just keeping my face relevant. Um, for that purpose. And then also meeting obviously newer people that may be on the fence about who they constantly work with, or maybe they don't haven't found somebody that they feel comfortable with yet. Um, so yeah, I have to, that's going to be my, my focus. Yeah. From, I mean, from my perspective, you're professional, good looking dude. You got to get yourself out there, man. You talk to people, I guarantee you win more times than not when you get in front of people face to face. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. I, um, I, I, I can, I understand how to, to, to have a conversation I, I, and, and have empathy on both sides of like what a realtor is going through and thinking, because that's, this is their livelihood as well on the line. Like those deals, if they don't close, then they don't get paid. And our livelihood is on the line too. If we miss something or we don't get something right and it's coming back at us. And so that has to be kind of, you have to talk about those things and just say like, Hey, look, I understand from your side and this is my side as well. And so we can all work together in, in, in a, a good way. It's gotta be everybody understanding one another. Do you have a sense for if agents are starting to come back into the offices in your area or are they, or is oh, it yeah. a lot of remote where you do have to reach them digitally? Like what's the, no, it's, 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 it's normal now. Like people okay. are in new offices cool. it's been for a while. I've been, yeah, I, I've, I've seen plenty of people posting from their offices for for a year, over, well over a year now, a couple of years, they've been just normal in the office. Um, there are some brokerages now that are more digital, obviously than others, right? Like you have the EXPs that are doing a lot of their stuff just through these virtual meetings. Um, but I do that too. I've done like classes on, on the, on, the, I like being in person more when I yeah. talk to people. It's, but um, I'll do it either way. It doesn't matter to me at the end of the day. Agents are lonely want. right now too. I think I, I, PSA to inspectors, like there's agents are looking for people to talk to. So don't, <laughs> don't hesitate to go in because as a former agent, I, I remember times where it's like, you kind of want someone to come in and shoot the shit with. So like they, yeah, they're ready for you. Have a, have a conversation <laughs> and just be real. It doesn't have to be about. Right. Jobs or business. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about all oh, the water heater was corroded. It doesn't have to be about that. It could be about what we were talking about, about just how you talk to people and, and getting to know a personality and see yeah. what personality works with how you do things. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of wrinkles. I'd almost encourage, you know, get not to get off topic, but like bringing up interests and hobbies, it, that's almost the key to winning over agents and jobs is kind of like, what are they interested in? Are they fly fishermen? Do they like the Brooklyn Nets? Like, what are they into mm-hmm. that you can bring up and talk about? Yeah. Bond, right? Yeah. You, and even when you're in an inspection, have conversations, talk to people, get to know them, let them know about yourself too. You make a connection. You know, we're not going to be perfect. You know, we all know what we're in and the liability that we're in and what goes on in these houses. And if people feel a connection with you personally, my personal belief has always been that they're going to contact me. I'm not going to get a letter in the mail. Yeah. And it's, and that works. And I'll have a conversation with anybody. I'll talk to anybody. I'll take ownership of a situation when it's, when it needs to be done. I I have no problem with that whatsoever. Um, And people see that it reflects upon people. And I get that conversation all the time with, you know, I, I really appreciate you. You seem like you're just being genuine. You're not being disingenuous. Yeah. 100%. Let me shift gears for a second to something that you said you're passionate about. And I bring this up because my brother, my co-founder, um, got his master's in counseling psychology. So he has mm-hmm. a passion, passion for mental health as well. And yeah, he was, shocked at when he stopped being a counselor and we started Spectora, he thought he was going to like never use that part of his education and brain. He was pleasantly surprised that growing a company and navigating being a business owner has more to do with mental health than almost being a counselor. And so I want to ask you any, any revelations or surprises in terms of how -hmm. mental health and kind of, you know, how that plays into one starting and running a business. And two, man- managing and training a staff and agents and how how it all kind of plays together. Because you're right, it's not talked about in our industry, yeah. um, but it ha- it's it matters every day and there's an element of it. So we could just riff on that. I, I know that's a long-winded question, but like- No, but it's a good question now. And it makes me think a lot. It makes me think a lot. Um, for me- the passion came from just my own personal struggles with anxiety and all those things and how I, and I, I flourish and I do really way, way better. It's completely mm-hmm. different than when I used to be. Um, but how that translates to, I mean, if, if I was constantly going to a job feeling the way that I did feel in, in the past, I could not have had clear eyes and, and actually been able to just focus on what I needed to focus on at that time. So from, from my employee's perspective or from my perspective, having myself in the right headspace then translates to a better experience for the customers and the agents and all, all that as well. Because they only care about that job. I don't care if you had a good experience with five, the 500 previous jobs that you just did. That doesn't matter to the next job you're pulling up to. Right. So if you can't get yourself in the right headspace for that job, maybe you even have to like just kind of have a conversation about where you're at that day. If you're feeling, if you're just not fully right, maybe you have to like kind of be open about that a little bit and just maybe that'll make you feel a little better. I don't, I don't know, but that person only cares about their job. They don't right. care that right. you just knocked it out of the park on the previous 500, 500 jobs. If you go miss something at that house, that's all that they care about. Yeah. So being in the right headspace is going to, or at least translate or uh, communicating that, uh, to other people, it's humongous. It's humongous. It, it, I can't even under, I can't understate it. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it, it, I want to ask you after, after I answer that you on the books and resources that you leaned on mm-hmm. during those times, but oh. yeah, I, I clearing our own kind of mental blocks and hurdles. It, it's so important to functioning and getting out of our own heads, as you mentioned, because you have to do that to care about someone else's needs. Like mm-hmm. you, we can't be thinking about our own insecurities or by, you know, or be our, our own anxieties and actually think about this homeowner or this agent and what they need and what they're going through. And so to me, that self-work, like my wife and our self-care kind of, you know, book junkies mm-hmm. where it's just like, yeah. let's just read and learn everything we can to get to get to know ourselves better because yes. um, that vulnerability is also endearing. Like you said, when you just say like, man, yeah. I am off my game today. I feel a little down and maybe I don't even know why. Suddenly you just shared a piece of information with me and I feel closer to you. And I'm probably going to give you a break if you're like, if you do or just, just something connect. Yeah. And you have to understand the headspace that a buyer's in. A buyer's nervous. They're in a, you know, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A vulnerable state in that sense, right? Yes. The, the buyer, it, the sellers are nervous and, and they're going to be, if they're there like hovering over, which happens sometimes, they're critical of every little thing you're taking a picture of. And you have to have that understanding and empathy and not get, not get frustrated. Maybe you're feeling a frustrated inside. It's normal, mm-hmm. but you got to just keep it together on that situ in that situation. Or if you're not in the right headspace and you get that phone call, uh, hey, like, you know, I got a problem. You guys did the inspection six months ago and now such and such is happening. You got to be in the right, you have to have the right mindset and the right headspace to be able to handle that the right way. And, you know, if you're not, if you go, oh, what are you talking about? Like, we did that inspection. Then you're automatically in a losing position. Automatically. You're not going to recover that. So, Let's talk about this because I have witnessed, I have interacted with inspectors that have reacted with the ego. We'll call it the ego because everyone has one, some bigger than others of Mm -hmm. when you're defensive about your position, either in the real estate transaction or yourself and just who you are, it comes out in weird ways, right? When someone challenges you or questions you, um, that defensiveness is never a good look, man. And so no. I, I think you, you hit on something right. so important. Yeah. Even if you're right, even if you're right, even if you're right, like, and you don't want to just like, you don't want to succumb to just like a fall, yeah. but the one you mentioned books, my, my, the book that set my mindset from starting when I was starting the business was uh, extreme ownership mm. by Jocko Willink. Jocko was, Willink. That book kind of set my mindset for all situations that now come up or any situations that come up is that right away, I'm going to like say, okay, look, like I understand where you're coming from. And I'm going to, I, uh, you know, I take ownership of the situation. I really have tried to almost always apply that. And genuinely, I'm not just like playing a role or playing an act, but it's always worked. And because you diffuse the situation you kind of start to have a conversation, it's there's no yelling and they're gotten to that point. Um, so that was like the framework for like setting my mind. Cause I never had that mindset. I was young as a teacher and you know, you're, you're learning as you go to become a professional. Right. And as you grow and you start getting into more information from podcasts and books and all that stuff, you just enlighten yourself. You start yeah. growing up. Right. Um, so all that prepared me for where I feel like I am now, because me then when I was young and anxious and all those, I couldn't have handled all this that comes along with running a business. Um, so you gotta make sure you're in that, in that position, in that space. Yeah. 100%. How, and I, I'm almost fascinated to hear you speak on this because like you said, you got into the business and then it was off to the races for the most part. Yeah. I, I am curious of inspectors feelings on kind of resilience and the feeling of the numbers going in the opposite direction or the year over year numbers looking worse than they have in the last couple of years. And I think inspectors that have been through a crisis probably have said like, okay, I've been here, been, been here before, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I haven't because our businesses, you know, we're born in the boom times basically. So, um, to me, that mental fortitude and resilience is a piece of mental health too, right? Of like, how yeah. do you react to adversity? And so, um, and you seem to be in a good headspace with that. So like, how do you, how do you approach that? How do you, I guess, deal with adversity? It's definitely that having that mindset that I was just talking about with taking ownership of situations or adversity, because that is the adversity you have to deal with. The adversity is the seller that's a little upset over, uh, there was some dirt on the floor by the front door. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the kind of adversity you maybe deal with, with a situation because it's all your business brand on the line. You're always worried about, Oh, is there a bad review going to come in about like this one little thing? Like, you know, so that's the adversity that you're usually dealing with um, in those situations. How do I deal with it? Um, I mean, I, I, I've always been big into fitness. So I, I make sure mm. that for me, I, I at least once a day minimum, I, I do get some kind of a workout in. Um, I, I initially was big with like uh, some of the some of the books, like the CBT books, like cognitive behavioral therapy books. Initially, when I was trying to like kind of go through this, it all kind of got ramped up as I started having like my first son. I was getting more and more anxious and didn't know how to navigate that world. And I started doing some things myself. Um, so 
it was some self help and self care. But now as I found, you know, as I found a, a good pace for myself, it's always been like, I go back to like getting a workout in for the day and feeling yes. good about myself, taking care of myself, not um, neglecting that part of what I need. Um, that's been for me. How about you? Have you found like something oh, that grounds man. you? It's reading and working out. It's fit. It, and mm-hmm. I think everyone needs to make that a part of their life. We're not going to sit here and preach about it, but to me, yep the anxiety just melts away when you kind of push your body a little bit. And then you're yeah. like, Oh, the thing I thought was this huge boogeyman is kind of just a, ta- a problem I can tackle. And yep. um, I think everyone's got to start their journey somewhere of like, get your heart rate up, lift a heavy thing, yeah. you know, start there. And the rest of the world seems manageable. And you said reading something too. And for me, that could be sitting down and reading, or it could be listening to an audio book, listening to podcasts. Yes. I suck at reading. So yeah, I I listen. (laughs) I spent, I'm listening to things constantly. I'm like, I became like obsessed, Uh, but it's like, it feels so good to like learn things and like be well informed or have different viewpoints coming into you and kind of like makes everything kind of settle down. At least for me, it did. What are Um, some of your top pods? Um, Oh, it's not even a question. I'm the biggest Joe Rogan fan in the world. Um, I, I mean, I, every episode that comes out, it's like, boom, boom. I'm making sure I'm listening to, to the entire thing. I get so many different perspectives on there for, for one, I, I get to hear so many different views of different yeah. things. The range of can, people he has on that show is insane yeah. to me. Like and, and across the whole spectrum. About it. Yeah. it does. And you get a lot of, and he's very level-headed too. He does a great job. He yeah. does a phenomenal job of just kind of like pushing back on something that he doesn't agree with. And, and, and he does a great job. I listen to your podcast. I listen to uh, some sports podcasts of like some past uh, radio personalities here in New York that aren't on the radio anymore. Um, and then I actually, you know, Andrew Huberman has a great podcast. Oh, yes. I listen to his. his is good. His is really good. Andrew Huberman and uh, Peter Atia. Peter Atia, I went down that one for a while when I was teaching became like super hyper focused on like all his like longevity stuff he was like very into like the long how to live longer and all these different molecules and so i like i i literally probably could have got like a phd from like, trying to listen to them because it's so high technical and yeah. i listen to these episodes i listen to these episodes sometimes multiple times because yeah. i got the time to do it in the truck or at a workout um but that's probably my top top list and it's it starts with with Rogan's. What about you? What's your, what's your top list? That's awesome. I, I sometimes will forget about Rogan and then binge catch up. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is like candy to me. I get like 20 episodes in a row. Um, yeah. I listen to, and I, and I'm going to underscore this with like getting different perspectives outside our industry. Cause our industry mm-hmm. can have tunnel vision sometimes. I think we're all, yeah. so I listen to the all in podcast. It's a business finance markets based okay. one. Um, and then my first million is a brainstorming podcast so it's about Mm -hmm. they brainstorm business ideas and talk through them live and like how it how it could work how it could fail good ideas bad ideas so that gets the brain going of kind of like what to bring back to spectora and home inspectors um and then a a volleyball one because i like i love i'm a big beach beach volleyball fan and -hmm. then uh stuff sports stock markets things like that because yeah Yeah, i'm I'm a basketball guy oh yeah basketball yeah yeah, nice. Got a good you know, in season right now. So yeah, exactly. So to me, in that stuff, I almost view it as a recharge from business. Yeah. Because like I think everyone needs that and it's it's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. But I Absolutely. try not to spend too much time on everything else because then to me I find myself sometimes getting away from how driven I need to be and want to be with the business. And so it's a balance, right? It's like, yeah. Yeah. If I could refocus like the amount of energy that I probably put into listening to, to Joe Rogan's podcast, <laughs> if I even like took like 20% of that to like focusing on like going to realtors offices, like I could grow more. I could, Yeah, I know that uh, for a yeah. fact. And so that's me even like self-reflecting right now. Like, ah, yeah, you, I mean, you're, you love that and that's great, but you can put some of that into like more growth and you could even grow more if you really wanted to. That's amazing self-awareness though. And I like the thought of like, Hey, how do I allocate my time? And and one forgiving ourselves. If, if you do that for enjoyment and happiness to stay healthy yeah. and balanced, it's like, cool. I'm okay with 20 grand less this year. If I'm going to be balanced and healthy. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, it's probably the inspectors and, and people that will spend 
eight or 10 hours watching sports every day or every week Mm -hmm. when it's like, well, there's, that's up to you as to how you want to spend that time. Yeah. But don't complain that you're not meeting more agents. (laughs) Yeah. Or don't complain if you see the agent that was using you now using somebody else. You see that a lot too. And then you have, you have to have understanding again that you're not going to be the, ins- the go-to inspector for everybody you come across. It's just not going to happen. Right. Everybody's going to mix and match different ways and and do things, and you got to handle that one right too. You got to go about it the right way. Don't just contact somebody and be like, "Well, what are you doing? You're not, you know, what the hell? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah." I mean, there's a right and a wrong way to do it. You could you can have a conversation and bring it up, but just understand that if they're going to somebody else, maybe you could do something else or understand something else that you maybe were missing it might be why they're going to somebody else yep and that's extra time and care and effort ties in with everything we just talked about of like being sharp mentally um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i think i'm i think i'm gonna do like a a year predictions episode and i definitely the people that find time to get all those extra touch points whether it's on instagram facebook Mm -hmm. person um that can commit to a system and a process for that are going to look up in six months and be very glad they did it. It's an easy prediction, but like, I think everyone just thinks, Oh, things snap back. And then agents just find you again. Mm. You're going to float out of their sphere of consciousness in a few months. Right. Like, yeah. And there's a lot of good companies here. There's a lot of good companies. Yeah. There's plenty of them and they have good online presences too. And so they can step in and get that business in two seconds. Yeah. It's not forever. It's the time to stay sharp. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah. Well, hey, man, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. What else do we want to jump into? What else is interesting to you? Because uh, this is awesome. I love just like riffing like this. Yeah, I think we covered most of the things. I was even like, because as I listened to your episodes this week a little bit more, I was kind of brainstorming on some things that we might touch on. And, and you hit most of them. You kind of steered the ship in the really the direction I, I wanted to even take it as well. Um especially about like, you know, I was really thinking a lot about the whole like personality management aspect and how that transitioned from being a teacher into this field. Mm. Sometimes people hear like, they want to hear you say you were a contractor or you were a, some type of a builder or whatever the case may be. And then they hear you were a phys ed teacher and they maybe question like background into this, but no home inspector okay, they were an electrician or an HVAC professional. They're not a professional in any of the other stuff anyway. So it's not necessarily about that. It's about being dedicated enough to learn the information that you need to learn across a broad spectrum because we're not experts in any one area. We just have a broad uh, landscape of information that we cover. So I, I think it was the perfect transition just because of the fact that I was always in front of I was a, in front of a class of 50 kids, right? But you're mm-hmm. still managing all the different aspects of what's going on in that room. You are commanding that room and, and behaviors and, and all different things. And then as you translate to transition to adults, okay, but buyers are students. They don't know most of the time what the, what the expectations are, what to do, what questions you're to ask. You're teaching them, yeah. Yes, you're teaching them. Uh, you're speaking, you're, you're using your communication skills. If you don't know how to communicate, you can go ahead and, and make a, a, a small thing, a big thing, right? Um, so the and you always hear that from agents about communication and the right way to talk to people and not to be an alarmist. That's always the word you hear is not to be real and to do the right thing, but not to be an alarmist because every house you're going to go into is going to have a nice little list, Okay but everything can also be fixed. And it's, you don't, you can't put yourself, you, we don't understand what the, the buyer's position is, right? Like we go in a lot of houses, we go in a wide range of houses. We go in the uh, $350,000 really beat up house that needs a complete renovation. And then we're going in the million dollar homes, right. multi-million dollar homes. And you don't know the position that that person was in to get to that spot. So and what they're willing to like take on as far as like work to do to the house and what it, what else they can afford out there in the market the way it is. Um, so we can't just be going around and just killing people's dreams for, for you know, things that we deem 
that we deem are obviously issues and they are, but you, again, what, are, what maybe is somebody else can, what are they going to find then if they back out of that one and they go to another one? So just communicating it the right way, communicating it in a, in a respectful way, um, not demeaning the people if they don't understand you, because you got to sometimes explain things in multiple different times or multiple different ways. Um, it's probably, it was the best transition for me. That all added up to me being able to do that. Um, so, and that was like the biggest thing I wanted to, I guess, talk about with you. And we, we covered that a lot. I don't know if there was anything else you had that you thought about, but, um, for me, it's now got to be about obviously sustaining through this time, growing, um, continuing to grow. Um, we'll see how that goes, you know, yeah. as we discussed, we don't know what, what's going to happen, but we can't control necessarily what outside forces are going to happen, but we can control the position we put ourselves in. That's so well said. I, I just love your even keeled approach. Um, kind of not necessarily riding the highs and lows and saying what's in our control. Let's go do that. I do want to underscore what you said for new inspectors or inspectors that are thinking about getting in the business, leveraging your strengths and kind of shedding that, oh, I have to be a ex builder for 20 years, mm -hmm. or I had to be an electrician. You're such a great case for, man, take all those skills because this business is way more than knowing about plumbing pipes. It's, it's yeah. almost, many would argue it's more communication and personality management it is. than anything. It yeah? is. It is. It is. It's more. You have to have the knowledge base, obviously. Right. That's why you go through the school and the training and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I ask questions still to the to the teacher of our class. That guy knows. I always text him and ask him <laughs> questions. Contest, send the pictures. I have a chat uh, with uh, local inspectors that I made friendly with. Nice. Talk to them and we throw around questions to each other um, on the regular. They're always sharing stuff in there and we kind of talk in like, Nobody's afraid to ask questions. I'm certainly not. I don't care. I'm not going to, we're going to keep learning forever. Yeah. And we're going to see things that we never saw before. So don't feel uncomfortable asking questions. Um, just follow, you know, obviously what we need to know, but that, that's the most important thing is the communication is not necessarily having the background, picking up the information you need to understand and then being able to go into that position and, and manage all, all everything that it entails on site, which is a handful. It's not easy at, at first. So I've had so many successful companies stories that we've told that don't have the typical background. And um, mm -hmm. some would say it's even harder to learn all the skills that you acquired in your past life than it is to learn about the home. So it's a, it's a good debate for sure. But yeah, uh, I listened to the last episode you just had. The, the woman was uh, in the restaurant business. Yeah. Right? industry uh, food industry and, and it doesn't matter you, you had a, a knack for how to do this as well and, and transitioning it, it doesn't matter what your background is as long as you can adapt these type of uh, people skills and, and mindset skills that's more important I think than anything 100% man um, Tom this has been amazing dude I, I this is such I appreciate a great you having me on here. yeah we got we covered so much great stuff if anyone wants to connect with you what what's the best way because often people hear this and they're like he's a cool dude i want to i want to get to know him or network with probably him. my instagram instagram is tf is tf home inspection that's cool. where the most like interaction would occur um you know our website designed by you guys is great if like it was more formal like clients or anything like that but as far as like if you wanted to reach out to me it would be my instagram account i don't we have a Facebook page that's like linked, but I haven't logged into my Facebook in God, nine, 10, 11. I don't even know. I don't, I don't go on there. Yeah. Um, but I, Instagram people can reach out to me and feel free to, I'm, I'm, I'm more than willing to, to answer a question. I have probably questions for you. you. You guys have been out there doing it forever too. So. Awesome. Well, I'll link all, I'll link to all that in the description in the YouTube and pod description. And then I'll link to some of these books too, um, and pods that you referenced. I think these are, oh, yeah. these are great resources, some of which no yeah. one's ever mentioned on this pod. So I think it's going to yeah. be great for people to see. Cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate you having me on here. It's, it's a great experience. You guys do a phenomenal job. That goes without saying, um, a real, I mean, really, really good job. You got a team that is always able to answer questions and help out. Um, I'm always the person that likes to get on the phone and talk through questions. So in the beginning, I had to get used to messaging, and, but it's so easy and it's yeah. right there in front of you and it works well. 
Um, and you guys make the, the job just that much better. People compliment all the time, like the software. And I, I kind of want to take credit. Like, oh, yeah, thanks. Like, like, I'm like oh, it's just an inspection software. You're going to see it from other inspectors as well. Because I know a few guys that are, are all using it around us too. But that's credit to you. You guys have created something really, really good. The, no. I mean, guys ask me. They're like, oh, I want to transition to Spectora and uh, like in some of the inspectors that I talked to and they, it's just hard. They think it's a hard transition to move all their things over. That's yeah. more like the, the apprehension there. I'm like, ah, oh, it is the best. Like you got to like, you could do it. Change is hard. Change is hard, but often worth it. But um, nothing harder yeah. than building that template from the start. That was like hours and hours <laughs> and hours and hours. And then you're building it as you, as you go, obviously, but the beginning of building that template and I put in so many hours, but I'm like, I just share it with people. Like anybody that trains with me, anybody that trains with me and uh, doesn't even want to work with me. I'm just like, oh, if you're doing practice, like inspections, like you could have my template. I don't care. And I was good like car, good car hundreds of hours took forever to build that template. Oh my goodness. I'm a believer that good stuff comes back to people that, uh, you know, spread knowledge and have that kind of abundance mentality. So props, props to you for that. Yeah, they're not going to get business just because of a no. of, of a template. That's not, and even answering questions about what I do, like personally to like grow the business. It's not, dude. Execution is everything. Be, yeah, execution is yeah. everything. And there's so much work to go around with. I mean, there's probably more inspectors now. But when I first came into this business, there was like nine or eight hundred licensed inspectors in the state of New Jersey. But then there was like thirty thousand agents, and that's definitely doubled yeah. since the past two years passed. So there's plenty of work to go around. It's not that that's not what's going to make or break a business when it comes to this, but thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks a lot. I will hit you up when this, when this launches and releases and uh, we'll do the media rounds and, and have fun with it. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it a lot. Hey, happy new year. Um, and let's you stay in well. touch. Keep up with you. Thank you, man. Take care. All right, brother. Right. See you. Bye.